Welcome back to the Two Average Gyms podcast, the unofficial podcast for the University of Georgia football, the back-to-back national champion Georgia football team. We are coming to you from TF1. We're back home, home court. Thank you to Travis Fulton and the Stripe Show podcast always for having us here in our digs, Jimbo, where it's way better than it should be for us. We have a ton to talk about. We've been away for a few weeks under the weather Dealing with some other issues, some tough stuff inside the program, a lot of celebrating. We've got a lot to report on today. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of a wrap review on the championship game from our times uh, out in L.A. We had a ball. So we've got some fanfare. We've got some team news. We've got a, a wrap from the game. And uh, thanks to all the folks that helped make that possible for us out in L.A. What a time. What a time to be a dog. Uh, we are going to get into a whole bunch of stuff today. We've got to talk about, obviously, a few sad things, uh, stuff going on in the news of the program with the team, the portal, the draft, uh, what's happening on the coaching staff. Um, I mean, we've got two pages of stuff here. We've got our dogs around the league and the NFL, a roundtable uh, NFL deal, and a little Super Bowl stuff. And then we're going to do a little bit of a year in review, and we may have a special guest or two calling in tonight. Uh, but a lot to cover. We're going to get started here. Jimbo, how you feeling? Feeling great. Glad to be back. It's been quite a while since we were in the studio doing our deal here, but very excited to have a big time episode. If this is your first time listening, we're the two average gyms podcast, T W O average gyms. You can find us at that handle on all social medias on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Pretty much anywhere, um, but it's at two average gyms, T-W-O <coughs> average gyms. And uh, just thank you guys for making it. You know, we'll get into the year in review in a little bit, but we really appreciate all you guys for tuning in, listening. What a season it has been to, you know, do this for the first time to win a national championship. And it's been an incredible ride, a ton of fun. And um, we're really excited to be here to get back into it and give you guys a good show. And one thing we just, just to start out, um, obviously there has been some tough news out of the UGA football program. Um, a couple weeks ago, we lost Devin Willock and Chandler LaCroix. Devin was a uh, Georgia football player. Chandler was a staffer. She worked in the recruiting department. I knew them both. Um, I wasn't super close with either of them, but Working with the team, um, you obviously cross paths with a ton of different people day in and day out in whatever kind of capacity that they work in or if they're a player. So um, all I wanted to say was the few run-ins and interactions that I had with both of them were all incredible. They're great people. Um, they're definitely very missed, you know, by everybody in the program, I'm sure. And, uh, you know... Our thoughts and prayers go out to their families, to their loved ones, the whole program, because uh, it's a tough deal. And a lot of people lost, you know, a teammate, a brother, a best friend. Um, and it's it's just a, it's a tough, tough deal. So all I wanted to say was, you know, the small interactions that I had with them, they're incredible people. So just uh, just wanted to cover that before getting into the national championship. Well said, Jimbo. Um, but anyways, moving on now to a little bit lighter note, um, the game was, 
I think something that people have never seen before. A game of that magnitude, a game where you know you kind of go from the semifinal games, two of the best semifinal games ever in the college football playoff era, and the national championship game. It just it wasn't even a game. I mean, it was pretty unbelievable how quickly just everything went down and the momentum got com completely flipped. I will say we were at the game. We were lucky enough to be at the game. TCU fans traveled really, really well. Yeah, I mean, good, it was like it was like 50-50, I would say, fan split. I felt like, didn't we think it, by the time we got really got into it that, that we had a slight edge on the fans, but they were they were loud. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I, I thought it was pretty even. Okay. Um, but at the beginning of the game, they were loud. I mean, if you remember, both teams started first play on offense with a false start. Yeah. Um, but just, uh, you know, the the vibe in the stadium at the beginning, you know, I remember standing there listening to the national anthem. It was, you know, the pageantry, the intensity, you know, that all was still there at the beginning of the game, and that's what that's what really gets you going. And it was a, an incredible atmosphere for being in L.A., especially with the weather being pretty bad and the stadium being indoor but not really indoor. It's like indoor-outdoor. It was a crazy experience yeah. sitting where we were. It's a cool were. stadium. Yeah, it's a really cool stadium. Yeah. And the score, their scoreboard like ring that they had, very, very cool. It's, um, like a, it's like a cooler, more updated version of the one at the Benz. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, but the, I mean, you know, the beginning of the game was awesome, and you get so revved up, at, you know, nerves and everything. And I mean, outside of the one big play that they had that led to kind of the busted coverage that we had, yep. that led to Max Duggan's touchdown. I mean, they really didn't have many notable plays. Um, the whole game. Yeah. I mean, Jimbo and I are sitting there watching this unfold. And, you know, we have our nerves up in this championship game. And it, like Jimbo said, the pageantry and everything that's going on and the stadium is fu fully packed. I mean, completely packed. And, you know, it's, it, it, it starts off, you know, it's a little bit back and forth, right? It's a 17 to 10 game at one point, And then all of a sudden. No, 17 7. So, I'm sorry, 17 7 game. And, um, and that was really, that was really it. Right. Yeah. And then it was a touchdown and then a touchdown and a touchdown. And we just started like looking at each other. We were just like so happy. Yeah. We were just laughing like what is happening. Yeah. And it just kept going drive after drive after drive. Yeah. You brought that up, that cool um, stat or graphic that you showed me at one point where it was like we had 48 drives and they were all touchdowns. Yeah. Except this for is, one. I, so I got it right here. This, this is the drive yeah, chart. Yeah. There you go. So we went touchdown, field goal. Touchdown, 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 punt. Touchdown, 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 kneel. I mean, that's uh, out of control. Unbelievable. That's just out of control. And, you know, we... That's how you get to 65-7. Yeah. And when you talk about, you know, the game as a whole, and, you we, you know, we always mention our keys to the game every week. I mean, I know it was 65-7, so it was not a close game. But they turned the ball over what, three times in the first half? Yep. They had two picks and a fumble that gave us great field position. We scored off those turnovers. Yep. I think we... How about the timeout by Kirby at the end of the first half with like 40 seconds left? Yeah. And then we get the turnover on the next play. Yeah. And then we score. 
Yep. I mean that. That's he, a timeout, I, Jimbo. I will say, you know, we talk we talk about the program, how it's evolved under Kirby's leadership, and how Kirby's evolved. Evolved. We've talked about that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And you think about that. Does he make that call? That timeout call three years ago, four years ago? I don't know. I I don't know. I think he's always been a pretty aggressive head coach, and that was an aggressive timeout instead of just coasting to the half with a big lead. Mm -hmm. So part of me wants to say that I think he – I think because he was so aggressive, he may have probably still called that timeout a few years back, but there are other play calls in the game that a few years back I don't think he would have I agree. Um, but I mean, the game has slowed down for him for sure. For sure. I mean, if you look at the team stats here, I mean, it's, it's just crazy. It's almost unbelievable when you see it on paper, first downs, Georgia 32 TCU nine third down efficiency, Georgia nine of 13 and one for one on fourth down TCU was two of 11 and was 0 for two on fourth down total yards, 589 yards, Georgia to 188 TCU. Yes, 400, 400 plus, 401. Yeah. And then you look at turnovers, three, TCU, three, Georgia, zero. Yep. Time of possession, Georgia, 36 minutes and 59 seconds. TCU, 23 minutes and one second. It's crazy. Yeah. It's a, I it's, mean, well, it's a landslide in the 165.7. If you, if you look, you know, we saw some guys step up. I mean, Stett. Uh, you know, just think think about what he just did, right? Yeah. He goes out. He wins back-to-back national championships. He wins the MVP in all four of the playoff games in a row. No one's ever done that. Uh, I believe he's going to get drafted. I, I believe it, I too. I believe he's going to get drafted. And he goes out and has six touchdowns and gets a, a curtain call. In the national championship, I mean, you yeah. talk about a story. You can't make a movie like this, of you know his whole thing. Yeah, um, we do. Uh, there, there, there has been some other stuff that's that's happened in the program. You know, Stet's little issue there that he had uh, a couple of days ago. Um, hopefully, that'll all get taken care of. It won't be uh, very detrimental to him. But um, you know, he's still celebrating back-to-back national championships. Yeah. Um, and uh, we hope that he's fine and he'll be okay and that won't really be a problem for him. But when you think back to that game, Jimbo, again, we're a couple weeks removed, and we apologize for that. Um, But the guys have stepped up. I mean, Smile, Michael Williams, uh, Pop, you know, Dumas Johnson. Yeah. um, Javon Bullard. um, And then, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, I mean – Everybody was involved. Obviously, to score that many points, you got to mm-hmm. have a lot of guys making plays. Yeah, uh, it was a hell of an effort all around, and it was very stress free for us, very stress free for the program, and it gave Kirby the opportunity to do things like curtain call for Stett, and then he did another a lot one. Of the guys did another one for Jalen and uh, mm-hmm. Chris Smith. Chris Smith, yep. A lot um, of the guys, and it was good to see Carson get in there. Yeah, um, yeah, and, he played great. And Branson, Branson comes in and gets there, two, touchdowns. two touchdowns. So, we had a lot of guys get action on a big stage, even when you're up that much, just to be able to take snaps yeah. in the national championship game on a stage like that is super important. And and the just the craziest thing to me is it was a ten to seven ball game 
with four minutes and 45 seconds left in the first quarter. That's what I meant to say earlier, not 17-10, yeah. 10-7. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was our only time. I mean, ten, it was like, a game to, to right till then. 10-7, four minutes and 45 seconds. That's the ball game. Yeah. And then we, we hit Ladd on that deep ball down the left side, I think it was, mm-hmm. for a touchdown to go up 17-7. And then we didn't score again until eight minutes left in the second quarter to make it 24-7, which you're still, it's the game's not over. Right. You're still in it. And then we had a really long drive, scored with a minute 19 left to make it 31-7. Then it's kind of, okay. Then it was the drive that you referenced with the timeout where they uh, got the ball kind of deep. We had a tackle for loss. Yep. I think may, they may have had a penalty. We get the third down, you know, call the timeout, throw the pick to Javon Bullard, and, we, and then we throw a touchdown with 26 seconds left in the half, and we're getting the ball coming out of the half. Right. And That's why I don't think you would have called that timeout. So, before. I, you know, actually – did we get did we get the ball? Yeah, yeah, we did, we did, we did. We did. But then I think that when we went up thirty eight to seven right before the half, after that turnover and touchdown, like we scored two touchdowns in less than sixty seconds mm-hmm. to go up by thirty one points at half. That was the that was the deal breaker. Yeah. That was you ball know game. I mean, that was it. Yeah. You could tell that from there. And then each one from then on, it was just, I mean, even more of a killer, even more of a killer. And our last two touchdowns, you know, in the fourth quarter, I mean, we didn't have many of our starters in the game. Right. So nice to see Branson get that action, man. He's yeah. going to be, he's going to be something. He's, man. Yeah. And with Kendall Milton coming back, it's exciting. Oh man. We got to talk about all the roster stuff going on here, Jimbo. Um, yeah. and we're going to do a lot of thanking when we get into our year review at the end, but, um, we certainly want to thank you for watching and listening throughout our first season is doing this as a two average gyms. We were having a ball. And uh, while we were away these last couple of weeks, there was obviously some tough things happened. The program, some tough things happened in our life. We had some people under the weather and we also lost our great friend, uncle will. And that is one that really hit us hard. Uh, my brother from another mother for sure. And I hope you're listening, my man. Uh, and I hope you're singing some Springsteen and hanging out with all of our crew up there. Um, but we'll be doing some cool tributes to you soon. And we've got the Super Bowl around the corner in a few weeks. We'll certainly be uh, doing some special stuff then. But a very tough time for me and our family, uh, everybody around. Um, he is one of the greatest humans you will ever, ever be around or, or if you ever have a Lucky enough to know him, uh, really just a special guy. Um, so we've been dealing with a lot of different things, and now we are back. And uh, coming out of that ball game, Jimbo, uh, we were fortunate enough to be at the team hotel again like last year, so we had an idea that we kind of knew was going to go on with the after party because we did it last year, which was just amazing. And, man, it did not disappoint, right? No, we it was were, awesome. We were, we were downtown L.A. at the, uh, at the JW, and – we got back. Uh, we had the Dills. We had uh, Uncle Mike with us. We had um, who else was rolling with us? Was that it? Was it? That was probably it at that, that point. Mike. Oh, it was just Mike with us. Yeah, My Uncle Mike and Mike. Uncle Mike and Mike. Yeah. Okay. Mike and Cynthia. Yeah, Mike, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Mike and yeah. Cynthia. Yeah, but Cynthia didn't come after the fact. Oh, she did yeah, come she after did. the fact. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So Mike and Cynthia. Shout out to them. Redondo Beach. 
They put us up for the first two nights. Huge deal. We almost burned their house down. Uh, but we got out of there having a lot of fun and went to the JW at the after party and had a ball. And while we're sitting there, we're at a table, and the table next to us is Kenny McIntosh and his family, and the table next to them is Jalen Carter and his family. This was after the game. This after the game, yeah. And uh, and don't you know who walks in, Jimbo? Drew Rosenhaus. Drew Rosenhaus, the super agent. And what happens, he sits down at these tables one by one, signing these guys their contracts as mm-hmm. they're heading out to the uh, to the NFL. And, and those some of those things weren't announced for a few days, but we were yeah. sitting there and we were celebrating with those guys and their families because their destiny has now been chosen. Here they go. They're going to the NFL. They've signed with their agent. And what an exciting thing to be a part of for us just on the, on the fringes of it. And then we got to hang out with Kenny for a solid, I don't know, a while. He was fantastic. He was he was He's on awesome. fire, man. Taking oh, yeah. pictures of everybody. He would do anything. And we got uh, got a lot of time with Carson Beck. Mm-hmm. Um, I told him he could be the next Joe Burrow, and I, he was <laughs> all fired up. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. We got some time with yeah. Lad. Yeah. Lad, Tate, Tate Dom. Yep. Kiaris. Uh, Tom. Yep. Kiaris. Uh What uh, a night. Oh, yeah. It was great. It Just was great. Unbelievable. It went too late, but it was so much fun. Um, and what a celebration as the team came back in the hotel and the coaches and everybody poured in there and it was everybody at the hotel. What a scene of, of just pure elation, right? Dogs on top again, back-to-back national champions, undefeated 15-0 season with absolute thrashing in the final game. Yeah. And Stetson going out with a storybook ending, Guys signing to go to the NFL with their agents. I mean, it was absolutely incredible scene, Jimbo. One that I'll never forget. Yeah, me too. It was great. Thanks to all those guys who took the time to spend a little time with us, yeah. you know, break down the game and just yeah. hang out. And uh, super awesome to celebrate another big win with those guys coming off of last year and just a, a great season again this year um, because, you know, they did something that we didn't do last year, which is going undefeated. So I think we're the third team ever to go 15-0 and in the playoff era, along with 2019 LSU and then I think 2018 Clemson. Clemson. Yeah. But pretty incredible accomplishment, um, you know, especially in this four-team format where it's a lot harder to get into the playoff to mm-hmm. begin with. Um, not saying that it's easy if there was an expanded playoff. Going 15-0 and is an incredibly hard um, feat to accomplish. But it's, it's awesome. It shows how our program has been rising over the last kind of four, five, six years. You look at our last six bowl games, we're 6-0. and We won the 2020 Sugar Bowl. We won the 2021 Peach Bowl, the 2021 Orange Bowl, the 2022 CFP Championship, the 2022 Peach Bowl, the 2023 CFP Championship. So pretty crazy to sustain that success over that many years. I mean, so many schools would, you know, do anything to get that amount of success. And it's hard, and it's very, very hard to win. There's a couple things that I want to touch on real quick. Um, first, to go along with us going 15-0 and big feet, a lot of people were giving it some heat to us because of our schedule, but I just want you guys to know this. After the final AP poll rankings came out, games are done, everybody's played, the dust is settled, final rankings of the year. 
Georgia beat the number two, four, five, six, 15, 16, 20, and 23 ranked teams. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight ranked opponents, all wins. And four of them were in the top 10, two, four, five, and six. And it went down as we had the hardest schedule in the country. Yeah. And that was my next point. Based on combined 2022 opposition final win percentage, we had the toughest schedule. So, if anybody thought that that wasn't impressive, you can just call us anytime to yeah, talk about go it. Right, call the but show. It's uh, it's pretty incredible when you finish a season with that many ranked wins, because I mean that's a lot of quality opponents. So I'm going to tell you. On top of that, there's only been seven teams, seven, to play for the national championship in the playoff system. Okay. Yeah. We're one of them. Mm-hmm. The other six, we beat them all in the last two years. Yeah, that's true. I, yeah, that's crazy. I think Ohio State was the last yeah. team that we needed to beat. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. And so to go, but going into the national championship and coming out of the Ohio State game, you know, it, we emphasized it's really hard to win. And sometimes when you win these championships sometimes you need some luck sometimes you need some breaks to go your way whether it's your team staying healthy sometimes it's penalties not being called your way or the refs missing something and so i know george has caught in a lot of flack from people in the media about oh well if jameson williams doesn't go down and john mechie the year before we wouldn't have won the natty if ohio state makes the kick we wouldn't have won the natty well just think about this in 2017, if Tyler Simmons wasn't called offsides, I don't think Alabama wins that right. game. We would have won that game. In 2009, if Colt McCoy doesn't get hurt in the first quarter against Alabama, does Alabama still win that game? I don't know. Maybe. But, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, never praise injuries or anything, but that's part of the luck sure. of the draw sometimes. Sure. And, and, you know, if Marvin Harrison doesn't go out, does Ohio State win the game? I I don't know, maybe, but we a team, you know, it's part of the game. Injuries are are very tough to deal with. You go back to Georgia versus Alabama in the 2012 SEC Championship game. If we don't catch that ball inbounds and the clock runs out, let's just say it was incomplete, what if we score on the next play and then we go beat Notre Dame in the national championship? Yep. How does that change the trajectory of our programs? Just like the Tyler Simmons play if we don't bust the coverage on second and 26 against Tua and we end up hanging on there, how does that change the trajectory of the programs? And I know part of that is, you know, we just messed up on those plays, and I get it. That that happens in Ohio State. They whiffed on the kick. We could have been in the same position, but it's kind of – it's just interesting to me when people bring that argument onto the table because sometimes you need, you know, the bounce of the ball to go your way. Sure. Um, so it's you kind of you really have to appreciate the wins, these big wins when you get them because I know we just went back to back, but still like we only have four national championships in the history of Georgia football. Luckily, two of them have been in the last two years, and one of the reasons that we went to the national championship game, I remember Big Jim saying like, you know, you never know when you're going to get back here. This it took us forty years to get back there. Well, not well, forty years to win one. I know we got there in 17, but you really got to appreciate every time that you're in the game of that magnitude. So 
it's uh, an incredible season, an incredible job by everybody in the program to lose all of that talent from the 2021 team and kind of just reload, not skip a beat, and dominate essentially the whole season in 2022. Yeah, and you know now what you're going to see what you're seeing from us is what you started seeing from other teams prior to the Natty, and that's the transfer portal action, right? All the activity, as well as the guys that are leaving early. Mm-hmm. And and it'll be fun to watch, you know, heading into the – obviously get past the Super Bowl, but then you get into the draft yeah, the talk. Draft. Right, and you get into the combine. The and then you get to the, the draft, and then we'll see how many guys we have again, how many first-rounders, how yeah. many total. And then what happens next year, right, after mm-hmm. sending two – two national championship teams and sending all these guys to the league and some guys out to other schools because we have too much depth. Yeah. Right. we got guys going to Alabama to go play because yeah. we don't have a spot for them. Yeah. The tides. It's I mean, crazy. The, I mean, the tides have turned. Yeah. No pun intended. Um, and I think everybody recognizes that. But, Jim, but when we look at the transfer portal, you, you know, you got the guys that have hit it. MJ Sherman, Arik Gilbert, Don Blaylock. A.D. Mitchell, which surprised me. Um, I know the, the transfers probably had something to do with that, but the A.D. one stings to me. That that one stings. Jacob Hood, Bill Norton, Jaheim Singletary. Um, who else is on here? Ryland Goatee also surprised me. Our buddy, former guest of the show, Tresman Marshall and Brett Seether. Uh, and then the transfers we got coming in, Dominic Lovett and Robert Thomas, who's got an issue that he's dealing with, and then Smoke Bowie. So two big time wide receivers and smoke. Smoke came from Kentucky, right? Or Auburn. Texas A and M. Where was he? He was he was he was Auburn then A and M. Just A and M. The whole time. He was a, he's a freshman. Oh. He was there for one year. Why do he's I feel like, defensive back? Who am I thinking of? Oh, Cavassier Smoke. Maybe he was at Kentucky. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking of. It's that name. That's yeah, that no, old name. Smoke stuff. was Man, a, smoke. smoke Bowie was committed to Georgia for like two years. Oh, maybe that's why. And then flipped to Texas A&M. Okay. So, um, you think about all those guys. We certainly wish them luck. And remember, Jimbo, as we've seen in the past, sometimes guys go in and they don't go anywhere. That's true. And three of them. Three of them went to the same school. Sometimes they go in and they stay put right where they're at. So yeah, I would love to see Ad Mitchell do that, but I think he may well, have to deal with Texas. Yeah, I mean that's already he's it's already, already done. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, that's but yeah, he's already done. I guess I was in denial on that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, it's it's kind of interesting. MJ Sherman, Eric Gilbert, and Jacob Hood all went to the same school. They went to Nebraska. Yep. Um. What's his face? Rule Brett Seether went to Georgia Tech. Trez went to Alabama. Our boy Ryland Goaty committed to Mississippi State. Um, and congrats to all these guys. They're going to have great careers. They put in a lot of hard work and effort to the Georgia football program, you know, in actual production. And also, if these guys were on the scout team, they're part of the reason why we were so successful. Um, Bill Norton went to Arizona. A.D. Mitchell to Texas. Um, I think the guys that still have not announced are Don Blaylock, Jaheim Singletary, and I think that's it. Trez went to Alabama. Um, but I think it's just Don Blaylock right now and Jaheim Singletary. So we'll see where they end up. I know they're going to find good homes. And like Big Jim said, um, Dominic Lovett should be an impact player. Smoke Bowie, impact player. Ra-Ra Thomas should be too. Not sure what's going to happen um, we'll let you know, that with that situation. We're going to let it play out. Yeah. But, um, 
Yeah, it's it's interesting. I I actually thought that we were gonna lose more to the transfer portal, but um, I mean, it's less than last year. Yeah, just crazy. Uh, I, I don't know how you feel about it, but the the one that the, really the one that stung for me was AD. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's awesome. I love him, and I I really was bummed to see his name go up there. I know he got snagged uh, with the big dollars from Texas, but that's fine. Yeah, well, um, he's going out there to be with his daughter too. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. Um. So declaring for the draft, we have Nolan, Jaylen. Chris Smith. Jalen Carter, Kenny McIntosh, Stetson. Oh, we've got a potential special guest calling in here. Let's see what we got going on here. Welcome to the Two Average Gems podcast. Welcome, welcome to the Two Average Gems podcast. Uh, who's calling to this evening? Um, Tommy. T Bone. Hey, Tommy and Maddie. Hey, Maddie. How you guys doing? Good. We're right in the middle of the show. Are you guys about ready to go to bed? Yep. Okay. All right. Well, did you guys uh, want to talk a little Georgia football or anything else before you hit the sack? Um, yeah. Okay. What do you got for What's us? What's on your mind? Um... Well, the dogs won another national championship. That's right. And that's awesome. That is awesome. That is awesome. Back to back, right, T-Bone? Yes. I love it, Serge. Cheers. Go dogs. <laughs> what else you got for us? Is Uncle Mike there? Nope, no, we just played him. a recording of his voice. That was him on our recording. Do it again. I love it, sir. Cheers. Go dogs. You, you like that? <laughs> well, what else you got, T? Um, how about them dogs? How about yeah, them dogs, there we go. buddy? Maddie, what do you got for us? Okay. Um, and it's on the Kids Heart Challenge app. And I'm, I'm raising money for Kids Hearts um, so they can get healthy. Well, that's awesome, that's Maddie. That's fantastic, Moo. And I want to raise money to help children's hearts and... Um, and help them have good lives. Well, that's and great. And go dogs. And go, go dogs. dogs. All right, all right. Well, Maddie, I know that you, I know that you uh, have really been trying really hard on this, and, and Jimbo and I are both very proud, and so is mommy. And uh, and for those uh, of you, and my name, yep. and my name is Maddie for the Kids Heart Challenge app. Okay. Got it. Yep. And so for those of you watching or listening, you can go to my Facebook and you can find Madeline's Heart Challenge fundraiser there if you'd care to make a donation or if you just want to see her little story that she wrote in her picture. Great job, Maddie. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people that are very excited about all the work you're putting into this. You're doing a great job. 
Great job, Matty Moo. T, you got any more Georgia stuff, buddy? Um, not really. Okay. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but. Daddy, yeah. Daddy, do, do, the, um, do the crazy Uncle Mike thing. I love it, sir. Cheers. Go dogs. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> you like yeah. that? All right, one more time, and you guys got to go to bed, okay? Okay. I love it, sir. Cheers. Go dogs. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there it is. I we'll, thought he was there. Well, it sounds like it. We'll we'll call him in the next couple of days, and we'll have him do it real. Yeah. Oh, you, you, got, you guys are the best for calling. Is there anything else Thanks, you guys, guys. want to say? No. Okay. Wait. Okay. Go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. All right. Good night, guys. Good night, Daddy. Good night. Good night, guys. Good night. Go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. Bye, guys. All right, well, there we go. A little Tommy and Maddie before they hit the sack. A little mm -hmm. good night call, go dog celebration, and some charity right in the middle of it. I love it. Yeah, awesome stuff. Um, so, Jimbo, we're at uh, NFL Dog Roundtable, brought to you by Roundtable Realty and Kim Felix, the best real estate agent in all of Florida and Georgia. Reach out to Kim Felix at Roundtable Realty. She is fantastic. We've used her in the past, so have our friends and family. If you need help finding a home or selling your home, reach out to Kim. Uh, she busts her butt, and she's a blast. She's a firecracker. She's so fun. She'll always have your interest first. you got to check her out um, anywhere in Florida or Georgia. And the best thing about it is Kim is donating a percentage of her commissions to the Vince Dooley Scholarship Fund, something very close to us um, and all Georgia fans out there. So, um uh, Thank you to Kim Felix and Roundtable Realty. Jimbo, we got dogs everywhere. We have uh, a very cool thing that you're going to remind everybody about here yeah. in a second about our streak. But we got four in the big game in the Super Bowl. They're yep, playing. That's right. JD, Nicobe from the Eagles, and Malik Herring and Miko Hardman from the Chiefs. Four guys in the Super Bowl, Jimbo, and tell everybody the record and the streak that is alive. So, George, the University of Georgia has the longest active streak of players going to the Super Bowl, like participating in the Super Bowl, and it is at 22 seasons in a row. The next closest was LS LSU. They were at 21, but all of their players are on the Bengals. So we got it. We got four guys, two from each team, like you said, J.D. and Kobe on the Eagles, Malik Herring and Mecole on the Chiefs. And, yeah, it's it's a pretty awesome record, 22 seasons in a row with a UGA player participating in the Super Bowl. And I don't see that streak stopping anytime soon with the amount of NFL talent that we have started to put into the NFL. 24 players over the last two drafts. We're going to get nine or ten more in this year's draft, which, uh, which I think we were starting to talk about before the call-in. So we can probably circle back to that for yeah. a minute. Yeah, so, so the draft itself, um, some people are saying three first-rounders, some four. Even one I saw at one point was five, which I don't think we'll get. 
nine or 10 overall, maybe more. I suspect if it's only nine or 10, that we will have some free agent signings. Um, I, I mean, I think we're poised. I read a stat the other day, and I wish I would have written it down, but the amount of players that we've sent to the league um, compared to the other teams has changed dramatically over the last, obviously, two years, but since Kirby's got there. He's a recruiting monster. Um, and as we head into the, the uh, draft, uh, Jimbo, you brought up a really good point that I don't think a lot of people will know. And uh, I really liked when you brought this up. Our guys are slotted in mock drafts right now. Um, but if you look at, at you know mock drafts when they first come out and then you look at what happens at the draft, it's crazy, right? I mean, stuff is all over the place, changing all the time. Our guys will perform in the combine, and they will all rise. I really believe that. Um, and that was your point, right? Yeah. How well our guys are prepared, how well their training is, uh, how seriously they take this. And on top of it, the God-given talent they've got is just fantastic. So you package it all up, and that's why you see these guys. The, their value raises as we approach the draft, going through the combine and other workouts and pro days and stuff like that. So uh, – I'm excited to see what happens. It's a really cool time of year, even though it's a bit of a depression not having real games. Uh, we've got the draft and spring game coming up to get us through yeah. and all the stuff that will go on with recruiting on top of that. But as far as the draft goes, how are you feeling about that? Good. I think uh, I think our guys do so well at the Combine because we have such a great strength and conditioning program at Georgia led by Scott Sinclair. He's a phenomenal guy and a great coach, really, really good at what he does. And – that's such an important role within a program. I don't think people realize it, but in the spring, in parts of the spring, parts of the summer, when coaches can't have, they can't do football activities with the team, so they cannot be around the team. The only guy that's allowed to be around the team is Scott Sinclair, the head of strength and conditioning. So those coaches are some of, like, you know, they are closer to the players than a lot of other people in the program because they're the only ones that have access to the players year round because that's just how the NCAA rules work. And so, you know, not only from a literal strength and conditioning standpoint, but he's a very good leader, very good mentor and makes sure to harp on the correct things, you know, eating right. Um, obviously training right in a safe way so you can actually build muscle and then also getting your stuff done off the field and getting your academics done. You know, he prioritizes all of that to really mold our players into great young men. He does it with pretty much everybody he meets. Um, so I couldn't speak more highly of him. He is definitely, you know, top of the top in the industry and, and people know that. And we, a lot of our strength and conditioning assistants are the head of strength and conditioning at other programs. Mm -hmm. I mean, Miami, Arkansas, Colorado are all led right now by former UGA strength and conditioning assistants. So pretty crazy. And the other thing that I think, I don't know how many other schools do this. I don't know if many people know that Georgia does this. But every year in the spring, <clears throat> I forget if it's before or after spring practice, um, Georgia does a combine for all of the players that are not draft eligible so everybody that's staying if you're a freshman sophomore junior senior whatever year uh you do this combine every single year and you do it exactly like how you would do it in the nfl you would do it exactly like how you would do a pro day 
and you test your numbers each year and they compare it to what the basically drafted guys in the NFL are doing. So they compare your 40-yard dash. They compare your three-cone, your bench, your vertical. And it's supposed to not only get you more comfortable training and just doing those things. Like, you you got to practice doing the three-cone drill to get better. So you got to practice. I know it may not seem like this, but the 40-yard dash, it's just running in a straight line. But you got to practice your get-off and the technique to get off as fast as you can to really stride out there. So a lot of those, I think our guys do so well for the combine because it's not like they rush in and prepare for the combine in two months. They've been doing it for two, three, four years at Georgia. And not only do we have an excellent program to get your body NFL ready, but also to get your mind ready so when you go and do these combine drills for real, you've already been doing them for yeah. three or four years. Well, that's super cool. So I think that, I mean, you saw a lot of our guys last year. I mean, we had 15 guys drafted, all-time record. We only had 15 declare for the draft. So 100% in entering into the draft and getting selected, a lot of that had to do with a lot of people's co combine performance. You know, Trayvon shot up the draft sure. boards. I think Keeley... Ringo will probably benefit the most from the combine because of his sheer athleticism, speed, and size. Uh, another guy is Darnell Washington, obviously, the big O. And then I also think that Kenny McIntosh is really going to surprise some people at the combine with his measurables and speed. I, I just I think those could be three guys that really really benefit mm -hmm. from the NFL Combine. That's Jimbo. It's phenomenal stuff. I got a couple questions on that. So, for the listeners out there and the, and the folks watching, how many schools have a program like we do around Combine prep like that? How common is that? I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I never really heard of other schools doing it. I'm sure that. There's other schools that do it. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure Alabama does it. I'm sure LSU does it. Um, I mean, maybe more schools than you think do it. Um, but I don't know. I really yeah, don't know. I, I mean, it's interesting. And I wonder, my other question is on that would be, um, do you think that, I mean, Kirby's built this program, right? And it's really evolved. Coach Rick did such a great job. Um uh, and, and Kirby took that, and he's just elevated the thing. Do you think that when he's out recruiting and he's on the trail and all the guys are, and they're talking about, right, when you're recruiting, like, what is it that we can do for you, mm -hmm. right? And here at Georgia, we can do these things, and this is how we do it, and this is our formula, and this is what we built. Is he? Do they talk about that type of stuff when they're out on the trail recruiting? I'm sure they do. I wish I could – tell you the exact answer because i've never been able to hear a recruiting pitch before but i'm sure it's one of the many things that you know they harp on and talk about especially when you just look at the nfl draft placement of our players and just the guys getting to that next level because ultimately that's every single high school recruits dream if you if you're going to get a scholarship at the university of georgia you believe that you can play in the nfl and a lot of them can, but it's also incredibly hard. I mean, if you think about it, we had 15 guys drafted last year. 
you have 85 scholarship guys, you know, that's a that's incredible. huge percentage of a team to have that many NFL guys, but it's still not that much, you know? When in reality, the average school probably gets two to five guys drafted, maybe not even that. So I think with the focus on NIL right now and, you know, high school kids may have changed their focus from I can definitely go to the NFL to, oh, I can definitely become a millionaire in college yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But I think if I'm Georgia, I'm just still preaching, look, you're going to have, you know, three or four times higher of a chance to make it to the NFL. And overall, that's what's going to make you way more money than any NIL deal. That's right. So not only are you going to get a great education, you're going to get the opportunity to go to the NFL probably at a higher clip than any other school in the country right now. Yeah, and Kirk, I think I think what Kirby's done in this very interesting time of new dynamics in college football, Jimbo, is he's adapted and then he's led, right? He's just led all this change and and it's just it it's thrown at you and you got to figure out what the hell am I going to do? He's adapted mm-hmm. to it and found a way to evolve that, you know, immerse it into the program and evolve to where they can use NIL, right? And he's using Classic City Collective, our, our, our buddy Matt Hibbs and, and Patrick over there, Matt, former guest on the show uh, at the Classic City Collective, where that's the money for all the athletes at, at Georgia, not just football, but using the collective and, and doing anything he can and getting the buy-in of everybody and having the vision to be able to adapt through these dynamics. It's really, I mean, that's something I don't think that Coach Smart's getting enough credit for, potentially. Right. Because I don't hear a lot of people talking about that. Mm-mm. But I can tell you, he's done it, and he's doing it, right? It's currently happening. And you see that 10, that, that what is it, 10 for 10, the 10 coaches out on the trail, 10 schools per day in one day, 100 spots in one day. Yeah, 100 schools. And then what they're doing behind the scenes yeah. and how they're dealing with which athlete and where and where he's going to be slotted and what's going to happen here. What if we don't get that guy? Well, then this guy's coming I mean, it's really yeah. amazing what he's been able to do. It is. And the 100 schools in one day was like three days after the national championship right. or something. Yeah. Something ridiculous. Well, if you're so away, it is crazy. When we rewatch the game, you hear the announcers talking about it, and they say, how long do you think Kirby will celebrate this one year? Think he's <laughs> headed out on the recruiting trail when he leaves here. And that's, but that's him. Yeah. Right? I mean, he, it's real. That's the yeah, way he is. He cares so much about it. Yeah. And he said, right, like, right after he said after the game, when you get comfortable or complacent, that's when you lose. And any, and really, I think that can apply to anything in life. Sure. You start to creep into complacency, and you're not going to continue to produce at a high level no, no matter what it is. You know, whether it's in this situation, being a head coach of the best college football team in the country or at your job or even, I don't know, anything in life. So it's, it's uh, remarkable. I'm... You know, I feel so confident that we have him as the leader of the program, and it's just awesome. I mean, the speech that got leaked before the game, that wasn't actually before the national championship right. game. I don't think that was for a different that. game. But still, you hear that, and when you get that raw emotion, you get that insight to, you know, how he is, it's, you know, it's incredible. How can you not get fired up or want to yeah. play for that guy? So really just awesome stuff. So, I mean, we we couldn't be in a posi- better position than anyone in the country right now. But Coach Smart, being an alum, he, I don't think he'll ever leave. He's not going to leave for another college. 
I don't think he'll ever leave for the NFL. And him being a Georgia alum, his wife being a former Georgia basketball player, like they are UGA. And for him to have this success at a relatively young age for a head coach. 47. It's incredible. Nick Saban didn't have two national championships when he was 47. Yeah, he's got three, three, three appearances, two for three. He got yeah. the SEC championship this year as well. So that's, his, that's his second one. Yeah. Um, while we're on the coaching thing, before we get into our year-end review of our first season as the two average gyms, uh, when it comes down to our staff, Jimbo, you know, there's a glaring situation, right, that I'm very nervous about. I was nervous about it last year. Um, you folks probably know what I'm talking about. It's Todd Monken. He's a great man. He's a former neighbor of ours in Jacksonville back when he coached for the Jaguars. He is a great human. He is an unbelievable Solid. offensive coordinator. Yeah. He's been wonderful to Jimbo. Um, and, man, if we could just keep him for, like, I don't mm-hmm. know, just a couple more years. It's going to be tough. Just give me one, we, and then we'll have this conversation I, yeah. again. How about that? Give I me do, one more year for Carson to get Carson in there, whoever. Yeah. I think Carson, but, you know, Carson's I, been sitting there working with Todd for, for three years. Yeah. I do think he we keep him this year. Uh, but if we have a lot of success again next year, you, I mean, let's say we three-peat. Let's say we, you know, just have a lot of success, like another good year, 12-1, and one, whatever it is. Um He's going to get a big-time opportunity as a head coach or an NFL team will give him as close to a blank check as possible for an offensive coordinator. Yeah. And He's interviewing hoping, right now. Yeah, Ravens and Cardinals. I, and Ravens and Buccaneers. And he well, interviewed with Cardinals, no? Mm-mm. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, that was Kirby. He, that was fake. Yeah. Um. So I, I hope we keep him. I mean, if you can keep it, this would be the first year – in the past four years for us to keep both coordinators. Just think about that for a second. Yeah. That's crazy. Kirby's building his own tree. He's got his own tree out there now. Oh, yeah. And actually, I don't think we've had an on-field coach leave This year. Yeah. Yeah. No, we haven't. It'd be the first year that the entire staff would be retained, and you're coming off of a national championship, back-to-back national championships. That would be crazy. Oh, it'd be awesome. I'm crossing my fingers for that continuity, man. That yeah, would be sick. You know, you normally don't get to enjoy stuff like that when you win back-to-back. When you win really anything of note. I mean, you win a New Year's Six game, team's starting to pluck your guys sure. away. I would like to spend a little time next year, or not next year, but in the off season, getting our special teams dialed up a little bit. Um, that was sort of the one area where we were inconsistent this year and did not rank out well. Uh, and, you know, when you compare us to the rest of the conference and the rest of the country. So a little, we need to get a little spotlight on that, which I know we're going to do. Um, so Jimbo, it's been a hell of a first year, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't know what to say. I can't thank you enough for, for, um, letting me sit next to you for this whole deal. It's yeah, been you such a great time. It's awesome. Um, and what's happened in this first year, Jimbo? Let's just do a quick little review. Mm-hmm. We went 15-0, and so we are undefeated as yep. the two average gyms. SEC champs, right? Mm-hmm. Won Georgia-Florida. Yeah. Won the Peach Bowl. Won the national championship for a back-to-back national championship. We were in Vegas a couple times. We were in Athens a couple times. We were in Atlanta. 
We were in L.A. We were even in North Carolina when we evacuated for the, for the hurricane. hurricane, and we had pot on the show out there. Yeah. Uh, we had some amazing guests, starting off with Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint, with Marcus Stroud uh, coming through the season with uh, Sean Chaffis and Will Wells and Gage Witten up in Shout the UGA, UGA EQ. UGA, UGA EQ. Um, Ryland Gody and uh, Jack Lesney and Jake Camarda and Kip Henley from Tennessee, our Tennessee expert from the PGA Tour, longtime buddy and uh, phenomenal, yeah. great guy. Mike Perenio, the man who runs the Mandalay Bay Sportsbook and Casino. Uh, Brooke Whitmire, the voice of Stanford Stadium and the Georgia Bulldogs. Matt Hibbs, CEO of Classic City Collective. Eric Curry, our Alabama national champion, yeah. coming on, giving us some Alabama perspective. And, boy, he said we were going to do it all. We were going to mop everybody up. And, man, yeah. he called it. Our very own Travis Fulton right here came on the show. BTB, beating the bookie, yep. was on a couple times, throwing his picks around, one of the best handicappers in the business. Um, Let's see if I missed anybody. Uh, did I get Marcus Stroud in there? Yeah, you missed him. I missed big one, one guy. Yeah, this one guy. <laughs> this one guy that was uh, everybody was amazing. They were all wonderful memories. There was one guy, extra special situation. We had the great icon of broadcasting in this studio right here, right next to Jimbo, sitting right over there, Mr. Vern Lundquist. And Vern, I know you'll probably never see this. But if you do, we listen to every single thing you told us on the edge of our seats. I can't thank you enough as a father. Uh, what you did for us was absolutely remarkable. I'll never forget it. I'll cherish it forever to be able to do that with my son and spend the time with you and show you the impact you've had on myself, my life, my son, his life, our buddies, how much we talk about you, how much we love you. You're such a great man. Uh, I will never be able to thank you enough. So um, that that whole season, Jimbo, of the guests was just amazing. You yeah. think about making couldn't this up in better. a bar, and bam, look at that guest list in the first season. Yeah, couldn't have said it better. It was an incredible, incredible run. I mean, it was just awesome. Thank you to everybody who took the time to jump on our show and just give great analysis, insight, storytelling, and, um, you know, at times when you all of our guests are super busy people. I mean, you're talking about current players, staff members, icons, you know, big time people that are very busy. So for them to take time out of their schedule and give a little bit of their time to the two average gyms podcast and our listeners, we're incredi incredibly gracious and thankful for all that you did for us and to really help us put out really good episodes uh we can't thank you enough yeah we got a lot of sponsors we got to thank too um obviously travis fulton on the stripe show podcast here yep. in this studio man this is the mercedes-benz of studios um jimmy evans who made it 24 episodes believe it or not we suckered him into this thing and he stuck with us throughout the whole thing and even though he's a florida guy um he made it all the way through and man he's yeah. he's, he's a stud he did always did a great job for us every episode and putting up with our nonsense. And, man, we have some bloopers and some screw-ups that Jimbo yeah. and I had. <laughs> some stories there. But he stuck with us every step of the way. Blue 32, our buddy Drayton Florence over there, they were fantastic all year. 
Uh, definitely, if you're local, get out to Blue 32 for all of your rehab needs, um, getting getting yourself right, whether it's um, athletic training and you got to recover from that, or if you're not feeling well, you got to get in there and get some of their treatments for that type of thing. But they're wonderful staff, and Drayton and his folks, they always take care of us. I was actually there today. Uh, place is fantastic. Roundtable Realty, who has been with us doing our NFL Dog Roundtable, Kim Felix, uh, just a, a wonderful, wonderful human who is the best at what she does in the real estate world. Huge thanks to her. Atlanta Chiropractic, thanks to Dr. Crosby, my man, for a long time. We go and see him when we are unhealthy or healthy, and he fixes yeah. us up. Uh, he and Blake over there do a great job, and a shout-out to Stephanie at the front, who always takes care of us, getting us in and out of there and trying to help us with our busy schedule. The Legacy Group and my man, Trip Kearley, he's a brother from another mother. Uh, the, the the guy that's in charge of all the uh, mellow mushrooms and breeder galleries and stuff here in town. Huge dog. Our unofficial sponsors, Sweetwater 420 and Liquid IV, Jimbo and Michelob Ultra. <laughs> yeah. They really played a big part in this season. Yeah, they did. Uh, all of our celebrations, all of our preparations, and all of our recovery as well with the Liquid IV. And H2 Advisors, uh, our employer of choice, and the folks that uh, Jimbo and I are very close to and work with every single day in our real jobs. Thank you to everybody who helped make this possible, including my bride who puts up with me and Jimbo with this craziness of a show, whether we're practicing in a bar or at home up in the decision cave or right here in the studio or we're on the road, her patience and her support of what we're doing has been fantastic. And we love her for that. Thank you, sweetheart. Um, in the middle of all this, Jimbo, I would like to point out I am undefeated as an alum of the greatest university in the land. That's right. We had a graduation in the middle of all this. Yeah. And uh, I remain undefeated, and I hope I can continue to say that for a very long time. That would be something. I would like <laughs> that to. That would uh, be very, we, very nice. When we get into <laughs> next year, I'll be very, very excited to say still undefeated yeah. as we re- lead into each show. Yeah. So we will be speaking of next year. <clears throat> we will be coming to you and continuing the show. We're working on a game plan for that. We're not going to be doing a weekly show, Jimbo. We've decided, you know, you and I both, we've got a lot going on with work and with uh, the kids and everything else that's going on in our world. So we're going to back it up a little bit and spread it out, right? We're yeah. Do probably every three weeks, we're going to get this plan together. We're working on it now. Uh, we've got to talk to Jimmy Evans about that, sucker him into that if we can. Um so we're looking about every three weeks, and we'd like any feedback that you guys might have on how often you'd like mm-hmm. us to come out and do this. We could still do weekly if there was a demand for it. We'd find a way to make that work. Yeah. But tell us. Text us. Put it on one of the uh, social media spots. We're on all of them. Uh, send us a little message and say, hey, you want to hear this, or you want to hear that, or how often you want to hear us, or whatever. We're going to have a lot more call-ins as we move through this offseason. But there's a lot to talk about with UGA football when you're back-to-back national champs. Jimbo, wouldn't you agree? That's right. There's no off season in college football. It's always moving. Always so moving. So we'll have stuff to talk about for sure. Yeah, we got recruiting, injuries, draft, combine, spring game coming up, which we will be there, and uh, it's April fifteenth. For those of you listening, there'll probably be ninety three thousand strong. Would be my guess. Back to back national champs. Um, so that's it, buddy. Um, I can't believe we made it twenty four episodes. Me, me neither. For something that was born in a bar in Athens as a goof. Pretty nuts. Congratulations, buddy. You it's too. It's been such a fun ride, and I'm it's looking forward awesome. to what's ahead. I can't thank you enough for letting me be your uh, your wingman here. It's yeah, really you been, too. It's really been the best. 
Uh, and Jimmy Evans, big shout out to you. Thank you, pal. You are fantastic. I can't see you because the lights are right <laughs> in my eyes. I can't either. But um, wherever you at, Jimmy? Huge, huge shout out to Jimmy. And uh, one last one for Travis Fulton. Uh, go check out Travis if you haven't. He's all mm -hmm. over social media, blowing up stuff. Um, he's on television. He's doing some broadcasting stuff. Uh, it's really he's got some really cool stuff going. Um, what else, Jimbo? Before we wrap up, I think that's it. Okay, man. Yeah. Episode 24 is in the books. It's in the books. Go dogs. We'll see you guys next time. See you next time. Go dogs. I don't